ஷ்ணஸ்வாமி <laughs> writers who have been watching the south africa and uh, bangladesh series respectively hi kk hi varun welcome on stump mic hey shrinath good to be here man varun you're still in uh, calcutta are you at the end of the bangladesh series yeah i th- i thought i would be the last one leaving out of here but I've, i'm hearing some bangladesh fans are here till the 30th the team itself was here till 27 so everyone was booked for a five day game basically <laughs> it's quite a risk isn't it kk a five day game even when south africa were there it seemed quite a long time to get to day 5 yeah i mean rachi the last couple of days i don't remember what i did on the last two days to just occupy myself but i booked anyway and like didn't make any sense to like change the flights so late so i this stayed back okay let's dive in straight into uh, the indian side and what's been of their world test championship so far with three series down they've got a perfect 360 out of 360 points on board their next three series are new zealand away uh, there's australia away and england at home kk is, is it is it safe to say that the easier three series are out of the way because two of the next three are away against stronger teams new zealand of course are number 2 how are we looking at the world test championship so far yeah i mean obviously the tougher leg is going to start now i mean india have a pretty big lead so it's hard to see them finishing outside the top 2 but you know even not looking at the championship per se even if we're just looking at how india are progressing as a test team and where they want to be given how good they are and the kind of things they want to achieve they'd want to like win in new zealand and win in australia again to kind of show that they've gone to that next level now yeah it's it's kind of odd to say that south africa they're not a weak team. team per se i know they were lacking hashim amla dale stain and uh, ab of course from the last series but varun uh, this whole thing about the opposition strength when india at home win when they win so comfortably the opposition strength gets talked about and it was evident when bangladesh were here it's a mixture of both factors the fact that india is so dominant home is more than just to do with the quality of the opposition that's coming their way they're just playing according to whom they're uh, put against i mean yeah certainly if if there was any year where you could make that case that it doesn't have to do with the opposition's uh, quality it was this year because uh, obviously we've seen the stereotypical spinners pitches going out and uh, i mean we've talked about it so much uh, for the last month or so about how good this pace bowling attack is and now india have done it with that attack to the to the extent that sometimes their spinners have looked out of place when they've come on to bowl So yeah if there was any time to make that argument that India is just overall a really really good team right now then this is the time and that was pretty clear throughout the series i mean two days and 48 minutes in a historic test two days for the test before that is it it didn't just have to do with the fact that bangladesh you know were without two key players it is just india are 
by far, I can say the best test team, uh, at least in the subcontinent right now, and arguably the best in the world, I think, with this bowling attack. A couple of things that come to mind for me, because when you look at records and stats over the years, India, of course, haven't lost a series since 2012. But when you see series results and when you talk of domination, a lot of things get tend to get lost in the stats and numbers. KK, this was uh, obviously not your first tour. You've been on tours before. India have endured tough opposition and come out on top. A case in point being the Australia series in, in 2017. Similarly, in the South Africa series, they were also put under pressure. They were early morning faces. I think the Pune one was a good example where South Africa actually bowled well. India had to grit it out for a while. They had to curb their attacking instincts before coming out on top. So it's not like they don't come through tougher faces at home. They always seem to find a way to come out on top uh, in, in, in these conditions. Yeah, you mentioned Pune and uh, uh, Ranchi as well. They were three down in the first session and it actually looked like South Africa were slightly in a better position at lunch. But, you know, Rohit and Rahani had that big partnership. Plus, in Vishakapatnam, there was Dean Elgar and Faf and Quinton de Kock. When they were batting, it looked like South Africa could get quite close to India's total. And that point, a previous India team may not have found a way to still secure a pretty big lead and assert their uh, dominance. And also, the same game like how Rohit uh, in the second innings and Pujara and with not much time left in the game, they really like scored quickly and built, you know, set a huge target, which uh, again, the ability this team had, it kind of showcased that. So, yeah, I wouldn't say they were put in too many tough spots in that series. Uh, it helped that they won all three tosses and batted first every time. But with all that, even when it looked like there might be some sort of window for South Africa to break into, they just shut it immediately. The toss factor, of course, becomes extremely important. Uh, and I, I think home sides winning tosses makes the equation skewed that much more for an away side. Varun, Bangladesh, of course, won both tosses, but India were far too good for them. Without going in-depth into what's transpired so far, we, of course, know that India dominated Bangladesh at home. What are, if we have to nitpick, is there anything from the home season that should be a cause for concern? If not a cause for concern, what are the areas of improvement that India need to look at? Uh, there's not much to fix as such. I think if if we're nitpicking, then we'll be really be forcing ourselves to nitpick. And uh, Kohli himself was forced to nitpick before the start of this Bangladesh series. And one of the things he said they would be looking to improve was their softball bowling. Which, of course, immediately after he said that, I, I had a look at some of the numbers. The perception was that, you know, Keshav Maharaj and uh, Motusami and some others got runs after the initial collapses. So, there was some sort of recency bias there. But overall, like through the last year or so, India has done better than any other team between overs 30 and 80. So... He was really, really nitpicking there. Uh, but uh, if we had to sustain that spirit and keep nitpicking, then I'd say the fact that Pujara got no centuries in this season, that that is maybe uh, something, I mean, not to not to you know, cause worry, but that's one thing that didn't happen. And uh, as we know, the last few overseas series that India went on, one of the reasons they struggled was none of the openers were getting runs, Pujara wasn't getting runs, and Rahani wasn't getting runs. So there's that, I think. Uh, but again, he's got half centuries anyway. So it's not like a dip in form. Uh, and again, if we have to look closer at a more crucial thing, then it's the catching. I think they dropped something like 15 catches. And it's a it's a very tiny, tiny home season that they had. Something like 40, 45 days. So 
14 catches over 45 50 days is a big deal so maybe that is something they'll be looking at when the season started of course uh, there was this whole opener question kl rahul was the last person to to kind of exit the national stage and rohit sharma was being experimented would you stick with those two kk going into a series like new zealand uh, rohit of course doesn't really have all that bad a record i think he made a crucial 70 in one of the two games last time when india went would you stick with those two up top or uh, are you looking at other options there's no reason to look at other options is there no way they're going to like start the series with any other combination other than rohit and agarwal but uh, you spoke of causes for concern and uh, you know there were times he scored a lot of runs and you uh, he you know like two double hundred so it feels kind of unfair to be like picking trying to pick holes in what he did but uh, there were times during agarwal's innings especially against south africa all three tests where you know he kind of got away with playing away from the body quite a lot and uh, it's something he'll he himself will surely be aware of and the team management will be so that's something they'll look to iron out before the new zealand tour begins you asked about these two openers and i'm guessing like they will have to take a third opener as well and uh, you know i'd go with uh, kl rahul i'm i know he's had a terrible couple of years but uh, you know having said that like in the two years before that where mostly india playing at home or sri lanka and west indies he averaged like 53 and uh, this was 2016 and 2017 so the thing is like you're judging kl rahul over a very tough two year period where india were mostly playing in really difficult opening batting conditions especially away from home against two guys who you know really prospered at home which i mean absolutely to their credit that they did that but uh, but as a third opener i'd take someone with a bit of experience and someone who has shown in the past that he can score runs uh, pretty much anywhere so yeah kl rahul would be my third opener yeah no i i i'm leaning towards what kk is saying about kl rahul uh, coming back in for his experience and as also the big factor that uh, india will have almost almost a complete uh ranji group stage between uh, this series begin between the next series and now uh so i'm leaning uh, also kk's way but i have sort of like a hypothesis here i think they will continue sticking with gill because of uh, hanuma vihari in the side i think hanuma vihari has only been around something like a year but he's already turned into i think the ideal all-round player to have in your squad because he sits out at home he gives you overs abroad he gives you opening whenever it's required as we saw in australia and i i just have this hunch that because they see him as a fourth option they might continue sticking with gill i don't necessarily agree with that i i think gill should have been you know given more uh, first class cricket before he was brought on uh, but at the end of the home season i don't think they're going to leave him out I, I have a feeling he'd still make the cut because of the insurance Vihari brings. Okay, and what about the move to bring in uh, KS Bharat at the end of that series? Pant was sent to play. I'm assuming that we shouldn't read any further into it. Varun, no, you were following the series and you also followed KS Bharat closely uh, over the last couple of years. There's no way that India tinkering with uh, Saha plus Pant and who who starts in uh, New Zealand among those two. I mean, I, I wish I could say for sure that it, we shouldn't be reading into it. It we it might very well be the case that now Bharat gets in because uh, I think between Bharat and Pant, Bharat has played more uh, in New Zealand and uh, 
similar conditions with India A and stuff. But I think for now, Saha has that spot. He's again picked up an injury. Uh, I think he's out for something like five weeks with a finger injury. But uh, he's pretty much nailed that spot down now because he's just inside the space of a month. He showed completely how far ahead he is of uh, of anyone else in this country as a keeper. Uh, Particularly the uh, pink ball test. uh, It was one of the best things I've seen live watching Saha keep. So I think he has that spot. I know I know Pant has this claim uh, to be the you know batsman in there because he got runs abroad last year in very difficult conditions. But uh, Pant in the last few months has been something of a different player, and you know because of all the pressure he's faced, it's his first real dip in form in senior cricket, and um, it, it it's quite possible it's the first time he's dealing with a dip in form at this level. So uh, he's. Short on confidence, I think that's there for everyone to see. And uh, I think Saha would be a shoe in And I, I wouldn't uh, dismiss K.S. Bharat coming back into and uh, coming into the squad so soon. Hmm. So, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. Because if he's got hundreds uh, in England and Australia, there's no way that they're going to bench him out of the squad. Which is just too much of an extreme. Karthik, uh, the other big question is about the all-rounder slot, so to speak. Jareja batting up at number 6, which he did for the best part of both the series. Uh, if How are India looking at that issue? Are they looking at him primarily as a spinner? Does he start uh, even in conditions like New Zealand? I mean, somebody like Santner starts for New Zealand regularly. Do they play Jareja and uh, Ashwin comes in if they need a second spinner? Uh, what would What's the idea behind it? Yeah, uh, I was kind of thinking of this primarily like when India were playing in Indore against Bangladesh and uh, in the first innings like Ashwin had bowled one long spell and maybe one more uh, before and India had bowled at least 40 odd overs before Jadeja even came into the attack and it just felt like our India kind of like testing out this idea of Jadeja as like a batting all-rounder in the sense that, you know, his runs from number six are going to be as important to the team or maybe more than his bowling as well. So, I'm sure they're thinking about it. Whether they'll play both spinners and five bowlers and all, it, I think it depends on conditions. But one thing is in New Zealand, like we've seen even during the test against England recently, that uh, pitches, they tend to kind of get better with, you know, as the days go by. And uh, India experienced that last time they went also. Uh where first test they almost chased 400 plus and second test with that huge McCullum-Watling partnership, they would seriously be considering needing five bowlers for sure. So whether they'll do that right away remains to be seen, but it's an option that they have now. Only thing, if they do play just one spinner, I'd like to like look at their records over the over this season. And Jadeja... Averages 36 with the ball uh, this season in India and uh, Ashwin 24. So, Jadeja's bowled pretty well, but the pitches haven't really like turned that much and he's not looked as incisive as Ashwin has. And uh, is that something they look at too? Is something we need to see. And if they're, and if they're, uh, if they're looking at like spin as a containment option or more like a control bowler, would you, you'd rather go with Ashwin, wouldn't you? I don't think they'd be looking at it purely as a, you know, this guy is going to be uh, do a, do a holding job. This guy is going to be our attacking bowler. I don't think teams 
really like think of it that way except in certain cases like Ashley Giles who primarily bowled over the wicket and like he you know wickets was like clearly his secondary thing I don't think India look at it that way especially if they're playing uh, just four bowlers another thing for in Ashwin's favor is that New Zealand have a lot of left-handers in their top order they've got Latham they've got Henry Nichols and uh the travel as well so uh, and santner at uh, 7 or 8 so helps to have an off spinner against those guys i don't know if jadeja is like a shoe in for the first spinner's role he might still be but uh, ashwin's been like pushing him really hard with his performance this season and they do have the option of playing both of them oh okay. uh, before we get to the best part of the indian bowling attack which is the pace attack which has been spoken and written about quite a lot so we'll reserve that for the end Varun, coming to you on the other big story from the series, which is Kohli's uh, record as a test captain improving. I think he's now into the top five as among uh, test captains with the most wins in history, in all of history, which is quite a big deal. The last time India went on an overseas run, which is uh, South Africa, England, followed by Australia, three big tours. They came back with two big wins in uh, Joburg and Trentbridge. The only wins on the first two tours before beating an Australia side, which uh, let's face it, uh, they didn't have Warner and Smith, but their bowling attack was as full strength as it is now. Uh, Stephen Smith's runs, of course, are a, a big sort of loss for any side. So Australia were without him. A series win in that uh, on that tour to Australia, not exactly flattering in terms of results. If we just look at that, we know that they were consistently good in England for the best part. South Africa, they had their moments. What should they do different uh, to get a series win against the number two test side, which is New Zealand? And uh, from those series, what would Kohli, the captain, have learned going into a tour which now has 120 points riding on it on top of the result itself? Yeah, I don't think there was uh, anything particularly wrong with Kohli's captaincy or anything that was lacking. I think if anything India was struggling with, it was that they were, they had openers who were either struggling to get runs or not looking like they were going to get runs at all. Uh, and the two big backbones, I think, with Pujara and Rahane were also quite badly out of form uh, during those series. You know, like Rah- we remember Pujara famously, you know, running himself out in both innings and uh, Rahane not looking, you know, uh, his best and even Rahane being dropped at some point. So I think the one thing, at least from that South Africa series that India would have learned was... Uh, to get their combinations right. I mean, I think uh, if we look back at the scorecards, they had uh, a middle order of Rohit, Sharma, Parsev and uh, Hardik Pandya at some point. And uh, even even when they moved into the England series, that middle order wasn't quite settled. And I think most of that uh, revolved around uh, Pujara and Rahani not getting runs on top of the openers being in poor form. So I think those things have fixed themselves now. Uh, I think with Vihari coming in and uh, Jadeja himself looking a solid number six, that middle order is sorted for now. And with Pujar and Rahane back in the runs, it all pretty much boils down to how the openers do. And, you know, they're in such good form now, it, you, you, it, it wouldn't be fair to say, uh, you know, they would, they would sort of struggle abroad. So I think most things have sorted themselves out. The biggest thing, biggest learnings Kohli would have seen are probably team combination. And like I said, like I keep saying, with all these players in form, uh, 
team combination becomes a much much easier thing it's a it's, it's more of a who do i fit in now rather than who fits in here right so uh, they have serious options all through that uh, lineup now and i think they would uh, they and, and i think kohli has learned uh, over the last year and a half how to get the best ones together and how to get the best out of them uh, so captaincy wise i think he's going to be a uh, much more at an advantage in this uh, uh, upcoming overseas leg they're playing better and they learned a lot over those three series one word that kohli keeps using so much in all his press conferences at the toss uh, presentation whatever is precise he keeps saying we need to be precise and i think they kind of especially in south africa and early part of the england tour uh, they kind of went gung ho uh, at uh, certain points and uh, you know like came out of it having like leaked runs very uh, in crucial sessions and things like that so that word precise that kohli uses so much is what they've kind of become now you see it varun mentioned those uh, you know bowling with the soft ball to the lower order and right through the south africa series i wasn't at the ground in the bangladesh series so i didn't watch the field placements that closely but uh, in that south africa series against the lower order you, you would often see like what looked like pretty defensive fields and you would wonder like why why when india are right on top there's no way india going to lose or even like end up with a draw but why are the fields the way they are i think it just comes down to like these are our plans we're not going to like give away easy runs to the lower order we're going to like make them fight for every run while being very tight with our lines and uh, that's the impression that i got right through that series and uh, it's something they kind of want to probably internalize before they go to new zealand and go to australia yeah those are all absolutely fair points the other thing i was also looking at uh, when it comes to this fast bowling pack was what happened the last time they went we of course remember the partnership between brand mccallum and bj watling in in wellington i think when india were close to being on top they were looking at finishing the job off and then off comes this lower order partnership which completely grinds the fast bowlers to dust couple of questions first to you varun and then to kk is this attack better equipped to do so because the last time there was an end of career zaheer khan there was a different ishan sharma Uh, and mohammad shami of course both of them ishan and shami were among the wickets but apart from the mindset under bharat arun the bowling coach has have the fitness levels improved and under kohli are they are they kind of a lot more aggressive than they were before uh, what are we expecting if india are put into a similar position again against new zealand this time around what are we expecting from the fast bowlers do we i mean obviously we don't expect them to blow apart opposition like they've been doing at home in in conditions that are familiar i know more than aggression i think what what's really changed is uh, all these bowlers you named some of them were still on that tour are all wiser now and that i think most most of the success has come down to that yes there's you know fitness obviously but fitness is a given now it's it's not uh, it's not a novelty anymore fitness has to come with being an international player so they they're hitting that baseline because there's a good system in indian cricket to make sure that you're hitting your fitness baseline so they have that covered but more than anything i think uh, ishant especially i mean it's been such a you know uh, blatant rise in what what sort of a bowler he is and how he's over one year suddenly accelerated into this wise leader kind of figure in that bowling attack so uh, more than anything i think 
these are bowlers who were talented back then who have now learned how to uh, hone those talents these are bowlers who are learning on the fly like ishan did with that leg cutter delivery that he made and these are bowlers who who now know when to do what uh, kk mentioned india bowled with the softer ball uh, certainly these days india have a plan you know he uh, kk again said precise india have plans to bowl through phases these days uh, he spoke to bharat arun i think he could be able to tell you better about how they did that but overall the sort of i don't know intellectual uh, capital of this bowling uh, group together is much is much uh, bigger these days than it used to be back then and they're all super skilled they've just learned how to use those skills properly and uh, with shami if if like the prospects of a big lower order partnership against this indian attack are much much lower because uh, whether it's bumra whether it's shami even umesh there's going to be reverse swing at some point from these guys uh, there's obviously the two really good spinners in there and ishan has learned how to turn economy into wickets so Uh, the prospects of a uh, watering mekalum are low anywhere in the world for for that matter but uh, against this indian attack especially i don't think it would be very likely and if if something of the sort happened i think indian this attack is much better equipped than that one to deal with it yeah there were also the reason i brought it up was that uh, in recent memory there's also been the sam karan thing which kohli himself alluded to uh, saying that he used the difference between the two teams in that series and england won it 4-1 so it was largely to do with some of those lower order uh, innings from him i mean I, i was just hinting at that because it's fairly recent kk i think that's where the you know this uh, word precise it kind of came from sam karan and how much of an impact he had on that series it's i mean you see it all around the world with all bowling attacks that whether they want to or not they end up bowling differently to lower lower order batsmen than they do to the top order and i think india kind of identified that as okay we need to like bowl better to the lower order and like bowl with more discipline and without like assuming that we're going to blow them away and uh, especially in england on those seeming pitches i think they india may have may have been kind of guilty of thinking at least the first few times that okay we've got through the bulk of the job now we're going to get the remaining wickets pretty quickly and uh, i think india are you can see from the fields they set and how they bowl to the lower order now that they don't kind of make those assumptions as easily anymore and uh, in terms of like whether they are better equipped to handle like a watling mccallum situation yeah i mean see the thing is in new zealand in the second innings they probably might be a time when the pitch flattens out considerably and they'll have to work very hard for wickets but uh, these bowlers just know their own game a lot better now if bumrah isn't around and if it's umesh as one of the three or one of four fast bowlers maybe if they want to go that way it will be it'll still be interesting to see because umesh hasn't played that much overseas at least away from asia in his career and especially not recently so it'll still be interesting to see yeah no just to add to kk's point i think uh, if it analyzing this bowling attack closely and we go back to the whole nitpicking part then perhaps the one uh, question mark would be umesh himself because uh, again he's he's hit his stride really well but uh, he's he's still perhaps not 
as ingrained as as you know one with this group in the sense that he still has the odd uh, bad spells in him uh, from time to time they show up they did in in the second test against bangladesh he wasn't particularly hitting his rhythm even in a test where he got so many wickets so perhaps there there's a question mark and uh, india might consider bhuvneshwar again and uh, you know for his experience for obviously the fact that he's at least in terms of perceptions considered someone who would do well uh, automatically in conditions in new zealand so uh, maybe there's that uh, question mark india might look at uh, in terms of you know do they go bhuvi over ramesh uh, but again that comes down to uh, what if there's a big partnership in the lower order would ramesh be the better bowler to something to to sort of counter that rather than bhuvi so uh, maybe there there's a bit of uh, i don't know bit of thinking for indian for the indian uh, management to do okay so without with and without bumrah of course if bumrah is fit he makes it straight back into the 11 uh, because you mentioned it i'm intrigued that much more now ishant shami and bhuvneshwar is that the first choice attack because bhuvneshwar is so far down the pecking order now because of his injuries in part he's not been around for a while does he make it to your squad first of all varun uh, i would be tempted he wouldn't make it to my squad because we've uh, we've also sort of uh, not thought about uh, the potential return of hardik pandya to the squad because i think the stock of two all-rounders if there's stock of two all-rounders then uh, for me pandya would probably be picked ahead of one of the spinners that spinner is probably ashwin going by india's uh, patterns in overseas cricket so to come back to your question no bhuvi wouldn't make it to my squad uh, but this is assuming uh, bumrah's fit so uh the four pacers if you were ask me to choose would be uh, the three who played against bangladesh uh, plus bumrah with pandya the fifth option okay what's your uh, fast bowling attack like going into a series like that because of course after the new zealand series there's a long break before uh, india play again in the world test championship which i think is the end of year tour of australia next year who are you taking for these two tests because as much as it's a short series it's worth uh, another 120 points we still in the end of november and i think the ranji trophy season which will begin soon i think uh, if bhuvneshwar you know shows that he's back in rhythm for like uh, red ball cricket and he bowls long spells and he gets wickets there i think he'll be back in the conversation for sure and they'll probably take five fast bowlers there uh, this is five like frontline fast bowlers uh, whether or not they take pandya is another question and uh, Pandya is a an interesting option too, but I don't see him playing as. I mean, he'll play as one of four fast bowlers if they go that way, and uh, and one spinner. Otherwise, it's going to be either three fast bowlers and one spinner, and Hanuma Vihari at six, or three fast bowlers and both the spinners. So I would pick. I mean, these four like uh, Bumrah, Ishan, Shami, and Umesh. Uh, they they're going to be there for sure, unless. There's injuries or whatever. I have a feeling Bhuvneshwar, by the time he plays a couple of Ranji games, and that he'll be back in the reckoning, whether they go with him or not. If he bowls well in the Ranji Trophy, I'm sure he'll go. The the other last thing that we want to talk about is uh, Jareja batting at number six. It is not too high a position. It's proven not to be too high a position for him in Indian conditions. Remember, he has three triple hundreds, which used to be a joke in the past, but he's proving his batting metal uh, in the last couple of years. Varun. Uh, KK and uh, 
we we both were talking off air about how Jadeja now averages over 50 in the last uh, last couple of years or so, and he's batting at number six. How realistic is it uh, that he continues to do so in conditions away from Asia, away from home? Is that uh, how the team is looking at it? Yeah, I mean, when uh, I think it was uh, Sanjay Bangal on air who mentioned uh, how the management actually had to sit down with Jadeja and. talk to him about how he approaches international batting uh, because um, i mean I, until last year if you thought of jadeja as a test batsman you you're mostly thinking you know he comes at 8 he comes at 9 he's uh, being exciting during a declaration push he's uh, sort of there to put energy into that closing part of the innings and rather than you know any sort of consolidation that has changed completely jadeja the batsman we've seen over this home season is someone who is a lot more patient someone who is uh, giving himself time you know even uh, in the indoor test i think it was uh, he was batting with agarwal at one point and i think the partnership was something like 100 and jadeja had got 13 runs out of that which in the middle of what would have been a declaration push what eventually turned into a declaration push is not something you would expect from jadeja right he would be throwing his bat around he'd be hitting the big one but in that indoor innings it eventually came much much later you know so he was prepared to give himself 50 60 balls uh, i don't i don't have the stats on hand but his control percentage as a batsman has been significantly higher than it used to be something like 2 years ago i think it's gone up by something like 3 percentage points uh, at around 86% control which is a, a, a significant jump uh, for someone who is batted so low and has had to bat in those uh, conditions but i don't think uh, india will be very keen on having him at 6 he has the numbers uh, like i said 51 the last two years and he's top of the list for batsmen from any team between 6 uh, and 8 in terms of average uh which would dictate that he's good enough to be number 6 but uh, i think india still very much think of jadeja as a sort of a a weights and balance kind of uh, option in the team so i don't expect he, he would be batting at 6 uh, whether he's good enough or not uh, i don't think anyone can tell but uh, certainly when conditions ease out in new zealand i don't think jadeja would have a problem at 6 having said that i don't think india would be very keen on having him at 6 i i think he's now more of a lock in for the number 8 spot with either pandya or vihari at 6 uh, uh, his bowling uh, is something of a concern but i i don't think india mind it yet he's not a he's not turned into a bad bowler overnight so he's still a very accomplished uh, test spinner so i think they still they still see him as uh, the sole spinner at and batting at number 8 i don't think he uh, is a show in for number 6 overseas yeah i don't know if india like varun says they probably are still going to be cautious about uh, jadeja and very bats and in uh, i mean subsequently like the team combination but uh, the other thing about jadeja is not just at home but like even at the oval in the first innings uh, even I think he made a half century in Sydney as well, or Melbourne. I'm not sure which test it was, but uh, uh, like the early part of his innings, his uh, the kind of patience he's showing, leaving balls outside off stump. Uh, it's it 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 we didn't used to see that before, and like his approach at the start of the innings is like completely different now. So 
yeah i just wanted to add that point like the oval the innings he played at the oval especially is why i think he could do a job at number 6 if need be and uh, yeah so basically the uh, question for india is whether they pick a team with the first innings in mind or this i mean i'm looking at new zealand conditions in a way uh, generalized way but whether they picking the team with the first innings in mind or the second because if it's the first innings then they'd be like yeah we need like someone at number 6 who can play the second new ball who can counter the swing and like suppose there's a you know the top order doesn't do that well we need someone who can rebuild so then they'd look at vihari but then if they're thinking okay look we're going to be in a position to push for a win but maybe we may, may not have that much time left or maybe you know the pitch flattens out and the lower order can frustrate uh the bowlers then so uh we might need to bowl a lot of overs in the second innings and therefore we might need a fifth bowler so if that is the thinking they have then they might they might think of uh five bowlers and jadeja at number 6 india are as dominant as they've been for a while they've got 360 out of 360 points an incredible figure in the world test championship and an imposing lead uh, over all the other teams like we've discussed many times already it's hard to see anyone knocking them off the top 2 we'll see how that unfolds over the next 15 to 18 months before the final happens in june 2021 all of that and more will obviously be closely tracked by all of us at espn trick info on that note it's time to thank uh, karthik and varun uh, thanks guys for your time a uh, pleasure man thanks thanks for having me which brings us to the end of this episode of stump mic uh, remember you can subscribe to us on itunes stitcher pocket cast google podcast or wherever else you get your podcast from until next time then from all of us at espn trick info see you take care